it was expected. We kind of called it. The Jazz looked like they had not got off the airplanes. Uh, they were still asleep. And to be honest, I think I was on such a high the last couple days that I feel asleep. Uh, the game wasn't very exciting. It's kind of hard to watch. But um, yeah, it just... Every, a lot of people looked like they did not have energy. The big thing that obviously stood out to me and based off Twitter and everyone else is Simone Fontecchio. I mean, the dude comes in, got fresh legs, super excited for him to finally get minutes. He got 15 minutes. In the 15 minutes, he scored 13 times, had three rebounds. And really was the bright spot of the night. Uh, if anything, I'm, I'm excited that he got the minutes, the experience, and really, to me, proved that he deserves to be in the rotation. Um, the obvious person that he should take his place is Rudy Gay, but I think we're still waiting to trade Rudy Gay or trying to increase his value. There at the end, and... Uh, Kevin, Tevin, Dallin, uh, you guys are solid, always coming in here. Um, my thought is, let's, let's play the, the fresh legs. Let's play the young guys and give them a chance to win the game. This was the perfect game to play them, as you saw from Simone Fintecchio, had fresh legs scored. I, the, the disappointment for me tonight is not the loss so much. For me, it's I didn't get to see Ochai, what he could have brought, Balmero. I thought Sexton should have played a lot more than um, Mike Conley just because he, he gives us energy, especially at the end when you need those quick buckets. We, we fouled and we're down four. Like, why not put him in and drive as hard as you can at the basket for two? He's, he's stellar at that. Um, I, w- I would have liked to see the younger guys get more of a chance to prove themselves. And even if you lose those guys that need some experience and we, we as fans want to see these young guys, we don't want to see Rudy Gay, uh, personally, Mike Conley and Clarkson. We kind of know what they are. Um, obviously we're going for the win. Coach puts the best lineups in that he thought we we tied it at 108 and definitely had a chance so I I mean I'm I'm not really disappointed with the loss it was it was a trap game totally expected uh two overtime games not expected in your first three games then you got to fly to Houston uh these guys gave everything they had tonight I thought but the movement with the ball wasn't there the help defense was not existent and I, I credit that a lot to the tired legs and the double overtimes and the back-to-back. This was not just a regular back-to-back in my, in my mind. So uh, we've got an, a new listener. Let me see who it is. Landon Plyler. Landon, if you uh, want to request to speak or you can just comment um, your thoughts. But I'm going to turn it over to whoever wants to go next. Um, I'm a little bit tired, and uh, once once you guys give me your thoughts, we can jump into the stats a little bit more. So let me approve your request. Whoever wants to go first, go for it. 
I hear somebody. What's up? It's Kevin. <laughs> I uh, I probably won't talk too much because I'll be honest, I missed quite a bit of the game um, between having class tonight and helping my son with his homework. I mean, and I only have one kid. I don't have 12 like uh, Dallin. But um, I, I didn't catch as much of the game as I wanted to. Um, but a couple points I wanted to make. Um, one, this, this is how I want every game in the season to be. I literally want us to compete every game and lose. And I want to see our young guys play. Um, I know that you say F the tank, but tonight was a great night for the Jazz tank. We lost, and San Antonio beat um, Minnesota. Wow. So Minnesota loses again, and the more they lose, the better that draft pick gets for us. And San Antonio's supposed to be one of the bottom three, so the more they win, the better our odds get. So, I mean, it was a win for... For Team Tank tonight, um, but um, to your point, I really love seeing Fachecu. Uh, um, and I don't know if you have the stats pulled up in front of you. I don't. Um, I do. But I think I think um, Conley only pay, played like twenty five minutes tonight. He didn't play a ton. And I know that you said you wanted um, to see uh, Sexton in more than Conley, but I don't feel like Conley played a ton of minutes. Um, and one thing that I think was very blatantly clear tonight is we do not have a backup point guard. There is not someone on the team who can truly run this offense outside of Mike Conley and make it flow. Um, although um, Nikhil, I thought in his limited minutes, I think he had like three or four minutes, um, looked really good, had two really good assists that I counted during the game. Um, and he, he looked like he controlled pretty well. He looked much better than THT. Who honestly, I hope THT's minutes go to Funchekio and Nikhil, and that he just sits the bench for the rest of this year, and then just goes his merry old way. Yeah, uh, I, I'd have to agree with that. THT was awful, and I've kind of been on his side, but tonight I definitely saw it where it's like, I don't know if this guy is meant for this team. And maybe that's why the Lakers were so willing to get rid of him. Uh, I know last podcast we talked about were you know were we better getting rid of Patrick Beverly and, for Taylor Horton Tucker? And I said, well, I'd rather take a chance on a young guy. But tonight, and I even tweeted this out, it just did not look like he was playing for the team whatsoever. It just looked like he was out there to get his um, super selfish, in my opinion. But. Uh, I don't know that he's meant for this league. Yeah, like, he, he, like he's very talented. He's got moves. It's almost like he's trying to be too fancy. Like he, he had a couple of turnovers and then had behind-the-back dribble. And it's like, are you trying to redeem yourself or impress yourself? It's It, it was really weird watching him tonight. And maybe he was so ex- exhausted, too, that that played into it. But I, I also don't think he's in shape, personally. I think he was winded. And he just he doesn't look in shape to me. As far as Sexton and Conley's minutes, Sexton got fifteen and Conley got twenty seven. Okay. I think you're probably right as far as like tr- a true point guard running the point. I think Sexton's as close as we're gonna get, and that's probably why he's not getting minutes because coach feels that he can't run the team. Uh, I mean, in one of one of coach's interviews, he said. 
Sexton's a maniac, and he meant it in a good way, but it can also be a bad way. Uh, I, I would have liked to see Sexton play more than Conley for the fact that Conley's older. He, he just, you know, he's smart, but it defensively wasn't there. And I felt like Sexton could have been a, a little bit more of a spark tonight, e- even if he makes mistakes. Like tonight's one of those nights that you absolutely need the energy there. So. Those are my thoughts on that. Uh, Tevin, Dallin, what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, I totally agree. I wish we would have seen more of uh, the young guys at this point because, uh, I don't know, this just, this game just felt weird in my opinion. I don't know why. It just had a different vibe to it. Everybody was just so tired. I could tell Rudy Gay was was just slagging and, and, not, and not, not slacking. It probably sounded like I said flagging. Definitely not flat. Yes, lagging. That's what I'm looking for. Like at that point, play your fresh guys off the bench. Yeah, I felt them, that too. Give them at least five minutes, at least if not more. I think I'm with everybody. I'm glad Fontecchio got some. I think uh, in 11 minutes he scored 11 points, and I think only missed one shot. Like, come on, give your guys a shot so i don't know yeah and and when fontecchio came in and scored 11 minutes or 11 points in 11 minutes i thought okay coach is going to be able to see this and give balmero and ochai a chance but our i guess the next question is are balmero and ochai just so far behind that they're not even worth playing in a game like this because to me it doesn't make sense you're playing the worst or 0-3 team, back-to-back. You had two tough games before this. Like, to me, it's just common sense that that this this would be the night they get to play. So it kind of makes me nervous moving forward. Uh, You know, unless we start losing a bunch of games, are those guys going to get minutes this season? Dad, it's time for nap time. Okay, my daughter is saying it's time for nap time. Go up and I'll meet you in a little bit, okay? <laughs> Mommy, well, my daughter just really wanted to be on the podcast. That's awesome. Um, what do you guys think about Balmero and Ochai? I think they're both safe. I think they're both young. I, I really think the first month of this season is all about maximizing the value of people who aren't going to be here by Christmas. I mean, this, this, it almost looked like, how do I say this tactfully? It looked like they were told not to win this game. Like, we go and play three playoff teams, and we have this fire and energy like nobody else's business. And then we come in against a team who we want to lose against if we're tanking. And we kind of just go through the motions. And, and that could be part of the back-to-back. It'll be really interesting to see how we play against them at, at home in a couple days. Um, but, I, I mean, especially with all the new trade rumor stuff that's swirling around, which I would love to talk about later tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, this this is definitely going to segue into that. Um, because I, I got some feelings about that. Uh, <laughs> I got some strong feelings about homeboy off SI. Um, I can't remember his name, but uh, his article that he wrote today got me fired up. But um, 
yeah, just, I mean, it could be just tired, but um, Simone wasn't going for the motion. Man, he came to play. And I think if you would have put in Balmero and Obachaya, I think they would have come to play too. So, I mean, and even, even Kessler was mailing it in. He only had one block tonight. I mean, obviously he wasn't trying. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think anyone really mailed it in. I just think it, when you're exhausted, it really affects you. And they were just like always a half second behind. Clarkson shots weren't on. So I really credit a lot of this. I don't think they were trying to lose. There's there's no way we tie the game at 108 if we're trying to lose. We just If we're trying to lose, we would have put in all these young guys and just said, yeah, let's see what happens. But I think... With the extra minutes and overtime and those being really competitive overtimes, and then you're you win last night and fly to Houston, who knows what time they got in, how much sleep, like that really does affect your brain and and uh trying to make decisions and then have energy. So I I, I expected it. Uh it was I mean if anything, look at the Houston Rockets and say how bad they are because I feel like they should have creamed us with, you know, the back-to-back and the two overtimes. I, I was just going to say, weren't the, the Houston Rockets were had at least a day of rest and we almost beat them? Yeah, so, I mean, they're they're pretty bad. I'm glad we're not them. But if, if this makes any Jazz fans feel better... Um, the two teams that were also three and zero, Boston lost to Chicago by twenty point eighteen points, and Portland is playing Denver right now, and they are down by eight. So, uh, it makes you feel a little bit better because it's you know these other teams that have been undefeated are also probably feeling you know you get on a high and eventually there's going to be a crash or you're going to come down. And it was almost inevitable tonight that that this was going to happen. Now, we get another shot at Houston on Wednesday. So I think that'll really tell us uh, how well we can compete with them. But I, th- I believe that... Go ahead. I was going to say, you guys know, I've made it pretty clear. I tend to, I tend to lead, lean toward the tanking side. <laughs> but, but tonight, I kind of had that moment where watching Houston and I was like, man, they got like, what did they say? Nine players under the age of 21. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm glad we haven't gone, gone there. Like, like if this means we can't get the number one pick and we can't get homeboy, then so be it. At least we have a market in and we have a sex in and we got a couple pieces to build around. So we don't, we're not, to put into this Oklahoma City, Houston, Philadelphia six to eight year rebuild because I'm not a very patient person and I think I could stomach three, maybe four years of rebuilding, but I, I want to be competing for a championship in three to four years. And I think, I think, um, you, you were kind of saying this last night, Jordan, and I don't know that I was listening because, you know, I kind of got my heart set on just a really killer, stellar, you know, draft pick, but, you know, our front office understands that we need a quick turnaround and we can't do this on the six to eight. We, the, we got to do it on the three to four. So I, I am grateful that they have that understanding and that we're kind of following that path. Cause I mean, I, I don't want to watch nine people under the age of 21 
play <laughs> college basketball for for three years. Yeah. Like, sorry. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I don't. I, maybe you guys want to see that, but I don't want to see that. Yeah. Well, the, the one thing I don't know if you guys saw this. I was just scrolling through Twitter here uh, just a second ago, and I saw a, a leaked video. Oh, actually, I'm watching it right now. Tony Jones just retweeted it, uh, where the whole like all the young guys on the Rockets bench just go crazy and are like totally disagreeing with with each other and it seems like they all have this it's my turn or i'm the guy type of mentality and it's like dude you guys are 19 like you haven't proven anything you don't know what you're doing like you guys are trying to shape a culture around this team was that from tonight's game yeah yeah (laughs) this is during a timeout and they they just kind of filmed this it was it's absolutely hysterical to watch i've got to see that like i am so here i'll see if i can well the big thing and we talked about this in pregame you know we were uh leading our second team with assists and i said it you know if there's any way we're going to keep this up it's going to be by sharing the ball we didn't do that very well tonight. It showed, and we only had 24 assists. But that also, those 24 assists are low, lower than our 34 average is because we're tired. Like, we got we get so many assists off of back cuts, and I did not see very many back cuts tonight. And that takes energy to back cut. The, the Rockets, on the other hand, only had 17. So, uh... I felt like our turnovers, we had 12 turnovers uh, at halftime, and then Mike Conley comes out right after halftime and throws another one. We ended with 20, so we took care of the ball a little bit better. And Houston, I mean, the two players that I like are Porter Jr. and Green. Uh, Everything else is kind of weird. I mean, even Boban got in, and he just looks like an old man. Like, he can't run anymore. Um, And my grandpa... But he's big. Yeah, he's so huge. He's got size. That's all that matters. Yeah, he's huge. But but like you said, they've got all these players under twenty one. He just doesn't fit what they're trying to do. He he's a. I think he's a good backup center if you need size on like a a different team. But uh, yeah, they're just they got a weird he's a, team. He's a oh crap, we don't have a center and we want to go big, break in case of emergency. Yeah, and, and and really when they went small is when they started killing us because they went five out and just drove past us and we didn't have any help defense. So, I mean, once they went small ball, that that's what killed us. So share that share that video with me on Twitter if you can, Tevin. I want to see it too. <laughs> Let me see if I can uh, tag you in. A comment on this. Let's let's, let's dive in while he's sending that to me, Kevin. What are what's the trades and the the article that got you fired up? Oh my gosh! So homeboy on SI, he was writing about how um, he starts off that the Lakers are reopen talks with the Jazz about a trade, which doesn't surprise me. And he goes on to say that, you know, they would be silly not to try to get marketing, which I don't disagree with. But then he suggests a trade. Russell Westbrook, two first rounds for marketing. Um, yeah, I saw this. Conley slash um, uh, 
other homeboy, not Sexton, but our other big shooter. I can't. My mind just drew blank. Oh, Olenek. No, our other homeboy. Clarkson. Clarkson. Oh. And then um, Beasley or um, Vanderbilt. So whoever or uh, Beasley or. Um, um, okay. Yeah, why would we give that much up for Westbrook that we're not even going to keep? Well, 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 then on top of that, wasn't it uh, one of our first round picks for one of theirs, and it, ours was like a tw- uh, like pick twenty through something or whatever, and then their pick was higher. Like it makes no sense to give up all of. Uh, yeah, it was done. I totally, it, totally agree. It's so stupid. I didn't see our pick because if I'd have seen our pick, I probably would have tweeted him out and blowing straight up with that. But like the way marketing's playing right now, and given the market, when you look at some of the people who've been traded, he's worth two first rounds himself. Yeah, easily. He. I mean, I don't think the Jazz are going to get rid of him because he's so young and he. He's just. He, he's honestly I mean, so good. He. He's just an all around player. Especially someone with that size and length, like why, why, why during a rebuild would we give him up unless it's not something incredible? And Westbrook's expiring forty-two million dollar contract does not make sense. I, I mean, if they want to, if they want to offer me their two first-round draft picks for marketing, I sign that tomorrow, today, right now, like, and say thank you very much, enjoy him, have a great day. Like, like I, I love marketing, but like. That that's a lot of value for him, um, and I think that that's his top end value. And I agree with you, Dalton. That might not be the best thing for us long term, but like, I'm not- so here's here's a question. I keep going back and forth on this idea. What if we did Rudy Gay, Mike Conley, um, to them, and then Westbrook and one of their picks? They won't now. They're get, they're gonna want Jordan Clarkson I, and Mike Conley at, if they do a deal with us. So I, there's there's so reports. The money doesn't work. The money oh, doesn't, doesn't work with with you can't do you can't do Clarkson Conley. You can't do Clarkson Conley and who was the other, the other person you said in there? Oh, I said just uh, Rudy Conley Gay. And Rudy Gay. Yeah, you can't do all three of them. They have to throw some money back in there because right now. Oh, no, um, no, 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 I wouldn't put I wouldn't put Clarkson in. I would just do Conley. Uh, Rudy Gay, and maybe Beasley. Beasley. Okay, no. Matt, yeah, okay, I'll, 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 give, I'll give him Beasley. Yeah, we'll yeah, give I'd Beasley. give him Beasley. But but we have to have at least one, if not both, of their picks for that. But that's 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 a minimum of two picks for me, because in my mind, taking on his contract is worth one pick by itself. And here's another way to think of it, too, because I know that the Jazz and the Lakers are still in talks. There's been multiple reports. Obviously, they were in talks uh, during the offseason. What if the Jazz are saying, hey, let's get Westbrook and turn him back into the All-Star, build his value back up again, and then trade him? Because if it's like, okay, just give the ball to to Westbrook and, and go crazy like he used to. Is that still a possibility, or is Westbrook so far gone that he's he's unrecoverable from from his, his career in L.A.? I you know I'm okay with him coming here on the crux and idea that he, if he's a as long as he's good in the locker room and not not a locker room cancer for one thing, and then for two, he helps build up and help develop 
the guys around us, so like Abaji, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Fontecchio, all those guys that are we're trying to develop, and he helps with that rather than undevelops them. I guess I could say. Yeah, then and I, then I'm okay with it. If he doesn't, guys, if he does, if he even ch- doesn't check off one of those things, I'm not okay with it. Yeah, then I would say no. A different Westbrook. Yeah, I was gonna say then that there's there's <laughs> no possibility because he's been a know, cancer that, everywhere. That's, that's, that's why I'm throwing. He's it a out there. he's a pure cancer right now. If you saw the game last night, um, where. <laughs> The we're Lakers were up by we're both LeBron and AD throw their hands up like what? Yeah, but the Lakers are you doing? The Lakers are up by one with like twenty something seconds left, and he just goes in and shoots it, and you could tell he didn't try to make it. And then in the report, you know, everyone in the media is asking him how how can you guys do better? What can you do? And his response literally on almost every question was I don't know. And so yeah, it's like what? Why why would the Jazz want that? Um, so it, it, it's interesting. It's gotta be for the picks. If, if we're still in talks now, we, me and my grandpa before tonight's game, he came over and watched it with me. Uh, we were talking about the Phoenix suns and how we think their, their windows kind of closed like ours was last year. And the name Jay Crowder came up. Now, what in the hell is going on there? Because in my opinion, they could still use him. I think Jay Crowder has been an X factor on so many playoff teams. But if if the Jazz and the Suns were to get into talks, what would you be willing to give up for Jay Crowder? Not, not I mean, I mean, Rudy I, feel like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like at this point with with Jay Crowder, because correct me if I'm wrong, he's gone the last at least two, if not three or four finals, no matter what team has been on, I feel like he's kind of that last little, little tiny piece where you're, you're on the, on the one yard line wanting a touchdown and he gets you there. Like he doesn't move move the needle a lot, but he's just enough that that's the piece you need. And we don't even need that piece right now. We are so far away from that. Here's my thought on it and uh dallin he says this is referring to westbrook i don't think he will play in utah with his playoffs antics a few years ago with okc totally agree if you remember he got the fan thrown out for life uh, because he said he was racist or something and then brooklyn sanders replies i love jay and Brooklyn, I love Jay Crowder too. I think when we got rid of Same. him, that was so sad when he we got rid of him because he just he gives you his heart and soul all the time, and he may not take the best shots, or if he hits a three, he'll throw another one up. But he is so effective defensively and can just be that bulldog that you need. So my real question, my real question. Trade for him because I love him and he belongs on a title contender. Okay, but here's my real question on why we might be able to trade for Jay Crowder. If you could give the Phoenix Suns either Conley or Clarkson and then throw in Rudy Gay and somehow make it make sense, I don't know what the contracts are and all that, but my thought is if you can bring Jay in for a leadership type role, he's going to, he's going to be a dog. He's going to give you that extra oomph that you need in the locker room and toughness on the court for these younger guys and teach them how to be tough in this league. 
But then also, if you get rid of Clarkson or Conley, that opens up minutes for one of these younger guys to get more minutes and develop. Um, just to humor you, um, I would do that as long as Jay Crowder understands what, like, I'm sure he has an idea of what we're doing, but if the Jazz were to call him up and he's totally okay with it, I'm down. I'm yeah, but he that. can't be in a worse, I mean, he wants to play. You, like, you, he's literally, the Suns are just not playing him. So what, right, there no, can't no, be a no, worse situation. Coming here and, and play, like... Obviously, he'd start. He'd he'd be the veteran veteran guy to help help everybody. But as long as he knows he's not gonna win, and he, that he's part of keeping the culture going or reestablishing a culture, totally okay with that. So I, if I, you're I the GM, or, or if you're on the phone with the Suns, or or Jay Crowder, I mean, what do you say to him? Hey, you okay with losing? <laughs> Yeah, I'd be like, dude, like you obviously loved coming back to or loved Utah the first time. You said it was a a, a time for you to, because you were weren't in a in a great space in Boston when we or in between Boston and Cleveland at the time. Because I think he lost his mom or or something along those lines, and it was a, a time for him to really really establish himself and and to get better. And he really did. He showed his passion and he felt great again. The, obviously, the team is ex- is nowhere close to where it used to be. We're not anywhere close to being able to do what we did before. But would you like to come back and help us um, identify what we're going to be like in the next three, four, five years? Establish a culture here. Would you like to be a foundation piece and help us help us establish players? That's I feel like that's kind of the pitch. Yeah. I th- I don't know why Utah does it. Like, I just don't know what we gain from giving an asset up for someone like him. Well, I, I think it's obvious if we're still in talks with the Lakers, we're tr- we're trying to get rid of these Conley and Gay. So that's one one guy that stands out to me. That it's like, obviously they're they're motivated on their side too. I would think that a pick or something else has to be involved on their side. Um. But yeah, it's just just a thought that I had. I mean, uh, I always liked Jay Crowder when he was here. I think he's helped other teams. And depending on whether we go to the playoffs or not, I, I think he could actually help us win. I might even take the other route of, look, we're trying to win. We're trying to develop our team. Uh, we don't know if we're going to contend for a title, and we don't know what the future is going to look like. You could be a piece. You may not, but we want to bring you here. Uh, to help help develop these young guys so I think that's kind of the conversation I would have but who knows what what the Jazz might have if they are even actually interested this is all just hypothetical (laughs) well way to sound more uh, efficient and eloquent than me (laughs) well I I just I just think with NBA guys and competitiveness it it's like you've got to give them a little hope that there's a chance to win and make the playoffs. I think we've kind of showed, Hey, we've got some pieces here and we might have a chance. We feel like you could be a piece that helps these young guys become more tough and defensive minded. And that could get us to a playing game or the playoffs. And like I said, on the last podcast, I think a a first round playoffs for the jazz this year would be so invaluable for this young group, but um, let's, let's move on. We've got another game against the Houston Rockets. 
on Wednesday. What do you guys hope to see differently during that game besides just being straight tired? Houston, more young guys playing. Okay. And uh, why? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, the energy on it, I'm just, I'm just, I want to see these young guys develop. Like, if Funchekio can come in and do what he did tonight with a little bit of a, a chip on his shoulder for playing nine seconds in the previous game, like, imagine what Balmero and, uh, oh, I can't say his name. Um, Ochai? Ochai or whatever is are going to come in and show cuz you know they want to show that they're more than bench warmers you know and yeah. i like that young exciting excitement yeah i i think fontecchio i was really excited about him just from his euro league um i i think he's going to be a great player the the one worry i had tonight too is it felt like once he got the ball it, you know he was shooting it and then he finally did pass it off to, I believe, Larry, who swung it over to Clarkson or Conley in the corner, and they hit a three. So if he, he can, I think he just needs more minutes to get an idea of the flow so that he knows when to shoot and when to pass. But in the Euro League, he was shooting deep threes. I mean, feet beyond the three point line. So he can shoot, he can score, and he plays fearless in my mind as you know he just got in and and shot he wasn't thinking about it it's like i'm i'm here to prove that i'm supposed to be here and he did and so yeah i I agree fontecchio's one that uh, i i think he definitely earned a spot in the rotation just from tonight's game alone so i i've got a I guess a weird prediction uh, <laughs> that I thought about since watching marketing on our team. Um, what if the jazz, um, cause they try to go bear first. Um, and then they had their eyes always set on marketing when they traded Donovan and they saw him as the next Dirk Nowitzki, but more athletic, and they want to build around him um, because he's younger than Donovan Mitchell, and they want to see where he would take them. Um, I think Laurie Markkinen is in Chicago and in Cleveland. He always took the back seat to somebody else, and since he w- this last Euro uh, League. Um, or not Euro League, what do they call it? Euro Basket uh, or Euro Basketball, yeah. Anyways, when he was with Finland, he was taking more shots. And David Locke said on his podcast that um, what he wants to see out of Laurie Marketing is him to just take shots because instead of taking the back seat, to actually take the lead role and take shots. Yeah. And so. I'm of the opinion that I think that they want to build around marketing and um, they're going to use all these other draft picks to build around him because he's just such a nice piece, super uber athletic and seven feet and can handle the ball and can play both ends. 
Yeah, I, I love these Euro European players because I, I just feel like they have something more to prove. Um, they're not always better or, or are more athletic, but I mean, marketing's super athletic, but like Joe Ingles comes to mind as not being athletic, but they come in, they're, they, they, they pay attention, they're super hungry, and I think Fontecchio it would be someone similar to Markkinen. I mean, if you remember, Danny Ainge was eyeing this guy in Boston, so he could easily be a Boston Celtic, but he's also got the size and length, and a guy that tall that can shoot that well could be very, very dangerous. So uh, I'm excited I'm excited to to move forward. Like I'm not super bummed. I, even even I feel like I'm crashing on a little bit. I was on such a high from the last two games that it, it was it was expected. And even while watching this game, I just wanted to fall asleep. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think with the Houston game, sorry to get off topic, but I, I, I like with the next Houston game coming up. Houston is. They're very athletic and they're not organized whatsoever. And they just run and try to dunk the ball as many, and which is, I mean, dunking is obviously like a high percent shot, but, you know, I, it's just one part of the facet of the game. And they just don't seem super disciplined. They have just a lot of rarely athletic guys and they're pr- pretty long guys and some nice pieces. But yeah, and I, I think tonight was a scheduled loss, to be honest with you. Yeah. I just, yeah. I think that on three three games and four nights that this is just the scheduled loss and we can't you know take it any more than that well and back-to-backs are already tough and then you're coming off two overtime games but um really it's it the next game's going to be fun because it's going to be fun to see how coach hardy makes different adjustments i think he's really good at adjustments and well at least in-game adjustments we'll see what it, it is after they get a practice in and then to see our guys fresh, uh, it, it'll be really fun. I think we'll handle them personally, but we'll see. I mean, the Rockets okay. could come out and shoot the lights out or something weird happens. So, um, uh, I, I think we should have lost the Minnesota game, to be honest. I mean, just going into it, I thought, you know, they had so much talent. Yeah, but those games are so good. I mean, those games are so good because they're tough, and then we f- somehow figure out how to do it, and that – builds a ton of confidence for these guys moving forward i mean they'll they'll remember those games forever remember the first two overtime games we had with the jazz and we won by point like that those are invaluable games but um i'm gonna go ahead and end it here because my phone is about to die and i'm exhausted and i'm gonna see you guys on wednesday anyways so thank you thank you yeah I, i appreciate you guys tuning in uh Last night's podcast was the best episode we've ever had. It blew up today. It could have been because of the title uh, was F the Tank, and that helped. But, uh, yeah, it's slowly growing. Every episode we get more and more listeners. We've got a lot of listeners from Finland, which is really fun, Uh, a few from Australia. I'll have to pull up the stats again to see. I mean, we've got... 10 or 12 different countries that are listening in on the podcast. So um, I know Dallin shared this before we did the pregame today. So Dallin, I really appreciate that. You know, the more that you guys can kind of share or retweet or just anything little, let people know about the space or the podcast, uh, the more that this thing can grow and the, and the bigger community we can, we can have. And this has been extremely fun for me. 
Um, today I went into the office and wanted to talk jazz and just nobody, <laughs> nobody knows the jazz. And there's one kid that like wears jazz hats. And so I went up to him and I said, you see that jazz game last night? They won again. And he's like, oh no, but I saw that dunk on Gobert. And I was like, yeah, that, yeah, you, you're definitely not following the jazz. So you, you, you need to find a new line of work and get yourself some new friends. No, you guys are my new friends. That's what I'm saying, man. Like the, it's so refreshing to be able to talk with people that actually follow and know the game. And as we continue to build this community and this podcast, we're going to have a, a lot of great people and a lot of great friendships I think will be built. And my idea is maybe we could all buy tickets to a jazz game and I'll go sit in the same section. It, it would be a blast. Um, so appreciate you guys. I, I probably would not have the motivation to keep doing this if you guys didn't keep showing up and uh, go jazz uh, tough loss tonight, but Fontecchio was the bright spot, obviously, and we will see you guys again on Wednesday as we take on the Houston Rockets again in Utah. Good night, everyone.